Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What do you do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. The regular season is now over, Tim, and it's official. The Hornets finished with a record of 43-39, and and we are in the play-in tournament as the 10th seed. We will face off against the 9th seeded Hawks on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, the only time zone I care about. Spectrum (laughs) Center is hosting a watch party for fans, and tickets to that are entirely free. So I think I'm going to go to that. Uh, highly recommended that other people attend as well. Hit me up if you're going. I'm excited, Tim. This is the most excited, exciting time of the year. Um, unlike last year, I feel like we actually have a chance to win these two games in a row. Um, the Hornets last year, I would say we were just on a downward spiral at this point in the season. But it's a little bit of a different story. We've actually been playing very well over the past like 15 games or so. And I don't respect the Hawks. I don't respect Trey Young. So Hornets are going to win, baby. I'm calling it. He's calling it. All right. I like that confidence. And yeah, I like what you said. We're like last season, it did kind of, it was almost like just found money. It's like, oh, if we win, that's cool. You know, it didn't seem too serious. But yeah, this season, I'm, I am expecting, I'm hopeful that we're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if we play Brooklyn, we'll beat them too. Mm. I like it. Hawks are uh, minus four and a half for this game so Vegas thinks the Hawks are going to win but that's not too big of a spread John Collins questionable for the game hopefully he's unable to play he's been out for about the past month with an ankle sprain and like a finger injury uh and Trey Young like I mentioned has not been that good against us this year he's averaging four and a half turnovers per game against the Hornets and 20.8 points on inefficient scoring of 37.7 percent from the field all of those numbers are like down from where he is against other teams. So apparently the Hornets defense, you know, swarms him and, and gets him uncomfortable. If we can keep that up, that'd be good. The Hornets were two and two against the Hawks this season, two games way earlier in the year, like in uh, late November and early no- December, and then two games that were more recent uh, winning a loss. So we are two and two against them this season. We'll see what happens. This might be our biggest rival other than the Heat also. So it's pretty cool. Atlanta versus Charlotte. We're, that's the closest team to us by proximity. So at least uh, we have that going. <laughs> at least we have that going. One question. Uh, do you think the Heat consider us a rival? No. 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 Yeah, the Hawks that's... might consider us a rival. So it, it probably is our biggest rival, actually. Now that I, yeah, I, would... you know, yeah, now that I go back to it, the Hawks are our biggest rival. I have a trivia question for you here. Do you know when the last time the Hornets won the Southeast Division? Ooh, um, no, no, it was not that. It was not that year with where we had forty-eight wins and we were tied with them in, uh, or we were tied with the Heat that season. The Heat won it on tie breaks, right? So that's, that's the fifteen sixteen season. I don't think. The, the 13-14 season we won it because the Heat also won it that, that year. So the last season we won it, would it be the year that we made the playoffs as the Bobcats or the other it year would, we made as the playoffs as the Bobcats? It would actually be uh, never. We have never <laughs> won the Southeast Division, which is sad on many levels and saddest when you consider the Southeast Division is kind of the laughing stock of all divisions in the NBA. Okay, is that just Horn Cats history, or did you go all the way back? Because I guess the that, Southeast that Division is, that is all exist. the yeah, because yeah, the divisions uh, yeah were different. Uh, you know, pre like two thousand three, 
I believe, but yeah, so we, we have not, we have not pulled it out yet. And even in the nineties, we were still finishing second to the heat. Mm. Very, very, very tough for the Hornets historically. Um, But in terms of this season, I just wanted to mention, like, before we get into the details of this preview, that I still think the season was a success. About 15 games ago, we had uh, Sam on the podcast, and I said that we were performing at about expectations. That was before this run at the end of the year. And so, like, last year we had 33 wins. Granted, there were only 72 games last year, but that's still – Big improvement, you know, if we went five and five in those 10 extra games, we would have 38 wins last season. So we're, we're better than last year. Big improvements from our core pl- young players. And it's the first winning season the Hornets have had since the 15-16 season, which was a long time ago. I was 18 years old at the time of that season, Tim. We were both 18 years <laughs> old at the time of that season. That was a long, long time ago. It's tied for the third best season in uh, franchise history. So Hornets slash Bobcats, not the OG Hornets not including the 90s. Um, but yeah, we had the three playoff years, uh, the one, two seasons of the Bobcats, one is the Hornets. Two of those seasons were better wins than us, 44 and 48. And then the year where we had Big Al go off was uh, 43 wins as well. So tied for the third best season over the past like 20 years. And I just think Hornets fans, we got to check our expectations a little bit. Like, this was a great year to be a Hornets fan. One of the most exciting teams. Actually, I'll take that back. The most exciting team we've ever had this year. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't even think it's close. Honestly, I kind of came to this realization like 25 games into this season where like last year's team might have been a little more fun because it was just like, where did this come from? Yeah. But no, I mean, night to night. I mean, we've been, you know, one of the best watches in the league. Been a great, uh, just a great, not even a great story because I feel like that's kind of patronizing. We're better than, you know, just a great or a good, cute story. Um, Yeah, massive improvements from LaMelo, Miles Bridges, and recently PJ, uh, (laughs) I was going to call him PJ Walker, been thinking about the Panthers a little too much, uh, PJ Washington. Uh, And that's that's all you could really ask for. Um, You know, we still are getting a zero from our big man with a really enticing uh, free agent market for centers coming up. We're going to tackle that probably next week. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just think this team is exactly on track, probably ahead of schedule, all things considered. We didn't have a point guard for like 12 games this season yeah, uh, or a backup point guard. We had the COVID stretch as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this is the 90th percentile of what you could expect. Yep. Yeah, like, I mean, if we had 48 wins, it would just be out of control. Um, and I mean, 43 wins is still pretty good. And it's the most wins by a team to finish in 10th in their conference since the 2000 to 2001 supersonics. So I say that stat to like, yeah, we're the 10 seed, but this was a really hard year to be the 10 seed in like 11 is not that far behind uh, or 11 is pretty far behind. Um, If we had just like one more win, we would be the seven seed. So if we had 44 wins, we would be the seven seed, which is a little bit depressing because then it would be a lot easier to make. (laughs) But um, yeah, like I said, we 10th season, uh, 10th seed was very hard to get this year. And in any other year, it probably would have been good enough for the eighth seed or the seventh seed. Um, so think back to all those yeah. close losses or bad losses that we had. If just one of more of those were a win, then we would be in the driver's seat here. Yeah. I mean, you talk, you know, seven seed, eight seed. A couple of years ago in the East, we'd be like a third seed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it is a heartbreaking. We would say that the one time the Hornets are actually good, the East decides to be good for the first time in 25 years. 
um, a little bit of a bummer. And, you know, you look back at those uh, Devontae teams, uh, you know, we crack on Devontae a lot, but for whatever reason, um, you know, close games, clutch stats are not really like they're not sticky. They don't really move year to year. Uh, so, you know, it's not fair to say, oh, we were so good for these three year stretch. That's why it's bad. But like we were 0 and 7 in overtime this season, uh, you know, on an, on an average year, that would be about three and four, four and three. Obviously, that'd be a big difference for us. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, all you can do is what happened happened. But looking forward to next season, yeah, you can probably expect us to steal like two or three wins above a uh, net rating. We're going to be at 55 next year. <laughs> oh, you're going low, man. I had us for 62. All right. Okay. All right. 73 it is. <laughs> so I mentioned a little bit of deja vu from last season where we were the 10th seed. And if we had won just one more game, we would have been the 8th seed. So last year it ended on like five losses in a row. So it was just extremely depressing end of the year. This year it's a little bit different with the three-game win streak going into the end of the season. Um, but more deja vu on that is Gordon Hayward's out uh, for the next two weeks. He came back for one game. And uh, after that, he just, I guess, wasn't feeling right on that ankle. And he's going to be reevaluated again in two weeks. So, um, Tim, I asked this question. Is this, have we seen the last Gordon Hayward game in a Hornets jersey? Like, what do you think the percentage is that we don't see Gordon Hayward again? Due to the size of his contract and the fact that he has a 15% trade kicker, I would give it about 50-50 odds. Okay, I'm going to go about 30% that he's uh, that we've seen his last game, 70% that we have not. I said reevaluate in two weeks. So that puts him coming back for the second round. And uh, I'm going to say that we're going to make the second round and he'll be back this season, Tim. What do you think? <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait for him to get back after we just punk the heat. Uh, we'll have plenty of rest. But uh, the only downside is he's only going to get to play about 15 minutes in that series before he gets hurt again. And uh, not really nice, not nice to joke about injured players, but with an ankle like that and it getting re-aggravated so quickly, don't really have any hope for him uh, to return, even if we were, you know, in like the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like the ankle's just giving him a lot of issues. And um, we could we could be we could use him for sure in this play in tournament. But like we talked about a little bit on the previous podcast with him not really being like assimilated back into the lineup. I'm not sure if it would actually be beneficial to just like have him for this one game with him having like no run with a team recently. Um, I, I don't I don't think it would necessarily be a good thing for him to play in this game, even like with a sore ankle. Um, so I think they're making the right call there. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, and especially, I mean, obviously, you know, Jalen McDaniels is not as good as Gordon Hayward. But Jalen McDaniels has been very good, very efficient lately. And, uh, you know, for what we need, maybe that's maybe it's for the best. And that's another thing, kind of drawing it back to, you know, talking about this season. Is it a disappointment? You know, there, you couldn't go, you know, one paragraph in any uh, Hornets article without them mentioning our record without Gordon Hayward over the last two years. And now that's no longer the case. I mean, imagine saying Gordon Hayward's going to miss half the season and we could have been the seventh seed. Just a success. Yeah, 100%. 100% successful season. Hornets fans, they're saying that it's been a disappointing year. Fire, Borrego. I think we need, to, we need to chill out on that. If we were winning 33 wins again, uh, 33 games again this season, then I would be on this in the same boat. But 43 games is a lot of wins, and it would be better than the 10th seed in a normal season. But oh. let's get back to the, the game that's upon us, Tim. So break, break down this game for us. What have we done against the Hawks in the past four games, and what have they done against us? 
All right. So in the last, uh, in the season series this season, it's been four, four games. Um, the first of which we lost 111-105 on November 20th. Uh, this was so long ago that Cam Reddish was their third leading scorer. Uh, we had no PJ in that game. We shot 10 of 30 from, or 10 of 40 from three. Clint Capello dominated. I don't think there's a lot you can take away from that game. We're, we have a different mellow at this point. Um, we ended up somehow winning uh, the second game, 130-127. And this was during the time where there was no mellow, no Terry, no Mason Plumlee. Uh, Miles Plumley had a big, <laughs> Miles Bridges had 32 points. Uh, John Collins had 32 and 12 in this game. No John Collins. think that's a, that's a, a big thing for us. Then we lose January 23rd, 113-91. Trey had eight threes. Uh, this was the game where we shot four of 36 from three. Also just kind of hard to take anything away from that. Can't really shoot worse. Uh, fun fact in the game, Ish Smith led us in plus minus, despite not even taking a shot. Uh, just kind of know, let you know what was happening at that point. John Collins also led their team in assists, but now we have game four. And granted, maybe I'm a little biased because we won this game, but I do think this is most informative. It's the most recent game, uh, similar rosters all around. And this is known as the trap tray game. Uh, hopefully we didn't show our hand too early, but yeah, we, we forced Trey into six turnovers in this game and when you consider the hawks have only averaged 10 turnovers a game since february 1st six turnovers is pretty big and i think the reason why we were able to trap trey so well in that game is there was no john collins to dish it off at. there was no release valve and that will be the same this time around and it really messed up their offense um for the first 10 quarters we played against them this season atlanta scored at least 25 points but then in the second half of this March 16th game, we held them to 39 points total in the second half. Nice. Yeah, so I do think that game is the most telling. And like you, you mentioned, we, maybe we showed our hand too early. The way we played defense on Trey Young in that game was super effective. And I think that him and Lamelo, uh, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but are the you know biggest catalyst for how this game is going to go. The biggest things to watch is – are we able to hold hold Trey Young back a little bit, or is he going to drop 30 points on us? Uh, is Lamelo going to have an inefficient scoring game, or is it going to be one of the games where he takes smart shots and gets 12 assists? Um, I would say Lamelo's over-under for assists is like the most important stat for us. Can he get up there, high in assists, have a very uh, effective game as a playmaker? And then Trey Young, just like kind of points scored, is going to be going to be the most important thing because especially if they're missing John Collins, which I think they will be um, Trey young is, is the best offensive player on that team for sure. Without a doubt. I would, I would say so. Uh, LaMelo over under eight and a half assist. Over, over. Ah, going over. I like it. Yeah. yeah he averaged like 7.9 this season. So, you know, it's, it is a playing game. I think he'll be, hopefully he plays 40 minutes. James, James Borrego. I hope he gets, he gets enough minutes in this game. If he plays 34, that will be too low. Yeah. So I think this is a, uh, something worth talking about. You know, we've, I've, at least I have kind of, I've been praising him. I'm higher on big Jim than most fans. Um, would you say this is the biggest game of John? <laughs> I, sorry, the big Jim, uh, James Borrego's career. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the biggest game of his career. Uh, last season, again, expectations were a little bit lower team kind of overperformed um, this year. I think that, the organization wanted us to make the playoffs. I think everybody wants this year to be the, the season where we improve upon last year 
and make the playoffs. And, you know, we talked about beating the Nets being a big storyline, but who made it further in the Eastern Conference playoffs last year? The Atlanta Hawks. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks made it to the conference finals last year. So beating them is no joke. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks of them as like a legit conference finals team, but I do. You know, people people are pretty much just writing us off in this playing game. I, I've heard national media outlets just kind of dismiss the Hornets and say the Hornets are going to lose, and it's just going to be the Nets and the Hawks as the seven and eight, without a doubt. But we finished with the same record as this team, and I don't think it's a fluke. I think we're as good as them. The only reason they have a, a an edge in the spread, four and a half point spread, is because they're at home. Uh, maybe okay. Maybe if we were a neutral side, it'd be like minus two for the Hawks. But um, you know, it's in Atlanta. That's that's not great. But we we can win this game. The Hornets can win this game, and we should win this game. Yeah, I think that's the the right way to look at. It. I think that we should win this game. Um, you one one scary thing I have is a uh, Terry Rozier has not cracked twenty points against the Hawks all season. That's so that. Yeah, that's something that's something to look for. Had some gruesome shooting games. LaMelo also uh, 35% from the field, 32% from three has kind of struggled against them. But you know who has not struggled is Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Yeah, and I went back to last season when he had that monster dunk over Capella. Uh, so his last five games, he's averaged 25 points a game, seven rebounds, four and a half assists. And I think that he is going to be vital because when you think about it, it's like, let's say that anytime he's matched up against Trey Young last year, it's like, okay, he can like pull a jump shot. Now, I think he should just be bullying whoever is going against him, whether that be Gallinari, Bogdanovich, um, Herder. Jump. Yeah, Herder. Um, DeAndre Hunter is the only guy that really gives me a little pause. But yeah, I think this is kind of a make or break game for Miles. Hopefully, he can put the team on his back. I mean, I, I assume LaMelo will continue to shoot better. That'll be interesting. But uh, if I'm if I'm Big Jim, I think this would be very telling. Uh, over under 20 minutes for Mason Plumlee in this game. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. I mean, I, ho- I think we're both hoping it's under. Yeah, at the very least, I would go out with a blaze. I don't think, you know, Capella's not the same guy that he was last year. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the Hawks are terrible in transition defense this season. Uh, I think that, you know, go small PJ obviously erupted, erupted for 13 points in the last five minutes uh, against the Hawks in the last game we played. I think we just roll small. We give up some rebounds, but just space them out and just, you know, use, use our advantages. We've seen that, you know, these six, seven, six, eight guys and Cody Martin, I think we get a lot of run trapping Trey is very effective. And those guys have the speed to recover as well. Uh, so yeah, I would I would look for hopefully a lot of PJ at the five this game. I want to see over thirty PJ minutes, and I want to see over thirty eight Lamelo and Miles minutes. I think Miles will happen. It's going to be kind of telling how many minutes Lamelo will play in this game because he is our best player. It's time to let him run uh, for a long time. It's a do or die game. It's make or break time. Play him more, Big Jim. Give him give him a, a career high in minutes this game. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and Terry was the only guy that eclipsed 30 minutes last game against Washington. Everyone else played around 25. Uh, Mikhail Bridges sadly passed Miles Bridges for total points or total minutes in a season. So Ooh. Miles only finished with the second most minutes this season. So one thing to look for, since February 1st, the Hornets have the second best offensive rating in the league. Mm. The Hawks are fourth. We're both uh, averaging around 121 per 100 possessions 
Um, so I think that it's going to be a shootout. I'm biased, obviously, but I, I look at these playing games. I think this is by far the most watchable of the playing games. Not that any of them are bad, but like if I was a neutral fan, I think this would be exciting. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to it's going to be a shootout. I think it's three point shooting. It's like, does Kelly Oubre go three of five from three this game, or does Kevin Huerta have a game? It's <clears> like, you know, it's, you know, I think that the point guards will kind of cancel each other out. I'm interested to see what goes on with our bigs. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we've shot really poorly against them twice and we've shot really well against them twice. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a make or miss league. Yeah, it, and it is kind of like two of the best offensive teams in the league and two of the worst <laughs> defensive teams in the league, right? Like both of us are not getting our chops on defense. Uh, the Hawks are notoriously very, very good at offense. Trey Young runs a very efficient offense over there in Atlanta. Um, but then defensively, they have their struggles, especially with him playing the point guard position, which is why John Morant's a better player than him. But um, Tim, is this is this like a lose lose situation for you? Because if the Hornets win, you know, I'll be giving you shit about Trey Young for the entire offseason. I'll be talking about how John Morant's that much better than Trey Young, which we all know Trey, you're like a big Trey Young stance, one of your fair players in the league. And then if the Hornets lose, we have to stop talking about the Hornets on the podcast. <laughs> we have to move, move to the future of the Hornets. We have, we have no more games to talk about. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation for you, Tim. I feel bad. Yeah, I think, I think you know, at this point, I hope that every listener knows my allegiances are clear. It's Trey Young over everything. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm, I'm rooting for the Hornets 100%. And no, there's nothing you can say because you're a John Morant fan. Like, you're not even – you're not really in the discussion. You don't understand, like – you're one of those guys trying to say that Corey Maggette was better than Kobe in like 2005. No, totally wrong. <laughs> this argument will be settled another day. Tim. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else on this matchup? Um, no, I think that the, you know, the Hawks only having 10 turnovers a game is pretty scary, especially because we've been pretty, pretty dynamite. Uh, forcing turnovers the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. um so i think that that that's a very very big thing i'm i'm nervous i'm just you know like i haven't felt this way about a game in a long time and uh i think i'm nervous i'm very confident in Lamelo, miles and pj to pull through but now i'm just like our lives for this season depend on kelly Oubre, Mm -hmm. and that just scares the shit out of me yeah i'm with you i'm very nervous as well it's not often as a Hornets fan that you feel this feeling of anticipation for a postseason game. Not calling it the playoffs, but it is after the season. So it is a postseason game. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I think I think we're going to be doing an instant reaction pod if the Hornets win that night. If we lose, we probably won't have the energy to <laughs> record that night. I think that'll be uh, a few Miller lights deep for me. Can't speak for you, Tim, but if it's if it's going sourly, uh, if it's anything like last year against the Pacers, then I will be uh, several drinks deep and will be unable. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, w- I would say at the very least, nothing can be worse than that Pacers game. Even if we yes. lose this game by 60 points, at least it won't be at the hands of Doug McDermott. Yes, the Doug McDermott game. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what, a, what a horrific way to end last season. But um, yeah. I was going to say, well, since we are going to win this game, who are we rooting for Nets versus Cavs? Oh, true. That is one more thing we need to talk about. Definitely the Nets. We're definitely rooting for the Nets tomorrow night. And I I wanted to say that I think that the Hawks are a tougher matchup than the Cavs at this point, the way the teams are constructed with Jared Allen not playing, 
Um, I, I, I'm not nearly as scared of the Cavs. That's not to say that we couldn't lose to the Cavs, but I just think that I think when we if we would beat the uh, Hawks, then we'll see that line be a little bit lower against the Cavs. I think it would be like Cavs minus two or something like that in Cleveland. Are you nervous to lose to Darius Garland, your least favorite player in the NBA? Yeah, now that that would be that would be a talking <laughs> point for the next episode. Uh, let's speak into existence. Garland versus Lamelo next next uh, this Friday. This Friday it would be Friday night. Melo dropping a thirty burger. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right, shout out to all of us, all of the supporters of the podcast: Xavier and Harvin, TC Cunningham, Brandon Garcia, Austin Johnson, Isaac Black, Dan Joseph, Aaron Barton, and Caitlin Furland. Uh, we will be obviously continuing to do episodes this off season. We've got a lot of off season content lined up. We don't have to worry about that, Tim, because we're going to the finals. Yes. I <laughs> go into the finals. We're winning the finals. What do you mean going to the finals? Uh, let's take baby steps. Let's take baby steps. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We'll make the finals this year. We'll win <laughs> next year. <laughs> be realistic. All right. Uh, it's been real, Tim. Uh, it's been real liquor, Mark. Be safe out there. Peace, bro.